three-round discussion with a 20-minute time. Introducing first from a Zoom call in Columbia, South Carolina, Matthew, aka the Unbreakable Spirit, and his opponent from a Zoom call in Atlanta, Georgia, Daniel, aka the Executioner. Take it away, Matthew. Thank you, Jesse, for that wonderful introduction. Hello, everyone. This is episode number 108 of Odds with the Unbreakable Spirit. Every episode. Happy uh, belated Thanksgiving. This will be releasing on uh, Black Friday. So, Thanksgiving technically would have been yesterday. Right. Anyway, I have the Breakable Spirit, Matthew Smith. Let's run through the topics. Topic number one. Should Randy Orton's return have been kept a surprise? Number two. What are our personal gripes with all elite wrestling? Number three. The Survivor Series Prediction battle. It is happening tomorrow as of this recording releasing. But let's hop into topic one, which I just realized is me. So, my personal opinion for this is a resounding yes. Randy Orton's return should have been kept a surprise. They say anything can happen in the world of professional wrestling. But if we know something's going to happen, then it's like, what's the point of saying that? My honest, my thoughts is, yes, I honestly believe Randy Orton's WWE return should have been kept a surprise. But I also kind of, if you think about it, the shit kind of makes sense of why they did it, because otherwise the only thing people would be thinking is CM Punk, CM Punk. I mean, people are going to chant that anyways. It's going to be in Chicago. Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah. But, but mean, like, Cody made it, in my opinion, a little too obvious this past Monday. But did anybody else notice, and I don't know if you noticed this yourself, but did you notice the reaction of Jay Uso throughout that entire thing? Jay Uso had a look of, oh, fuck. Yeah, because didn't the bloodline take Randy Orton out of action? Uh-huh. And Jay doesn't really have a lot of time to say, hey, that was my bad, Oos. Yeah. Randy, no. Yeah, and if there's one thing Randy Orton is known for doing, it's, it's holding a grudge. Uh-huh. But, no. Here's my genuine question is, 
Don't get me wrong. Randy Orton is going to get a huge pop. Fuck you, regardless. Oh yeah, you, you heard the pop he got on Raw, and he wasn't even there. That is also true. But my honest thought on Randy's origin WWE return is. I am glad, personally, that Randy Orton is back in the WWE. I'm glad he's licensed and is somehow going to be back. But my genuine question is, what is WWE's plan for the Viper now that he's going to be back? Well, we know one thing that... Wasn't going to be happening is an RK Bro reunion that was never planned by WWE. And it literally can't happen now since Matt Riddle got released. That is also yeah. My question is like, of course, Randy's on Team Cody or Team Babyface, so great, but it's just. If Cody, like Cody, I know Randy Orton is your friend. It's like, but he has history with literally every single member except for Sammy. No, including Sammy. He's history with literally everybody. All bad. Yeah. Like, like, let's go down the list. Seth Rollins, he was his ally in the authority. And then... With him. Uh, Dude, so took him out of the fucking bloodline. Cody was in a was a first rival with him during his legend killer days, and then an ally with him. Yeah, Cody mentioned when he was announcing it, it was the first thing he mentioned was, "I have a legacy with this person." Sammy Zayn, who he kind of when when Sammy Zayn was a heel, you know, there was that whole, whole thing in the like in 2016 area where him and Sam, where Kevin Owens and Sammy Zayn, where, where, where he was teaming up with Daniel Bryan for a bit. Yeah. So he had a. I don't really know about most of I know he's got history with McIntyre. And I don't know about Damien. Yeah. Uh, but the thing that I am looking forward to out of all the things is I mean, out of everything that's going to happen with Randy Orton's return. And I and I honestly think Randy Orton should have been. Uh, the point I'm making is, should have Randy Orton been kept in return? Yes, because we would have been a lot more, oh, shh. Yeah. But, like, is it a problem that WWE did it the way they did? No, it's not. Are she Chagrin's pissed about it? Probably. But uh, my main, like, problem with it is Cody was very on the nose about it. Oh, like, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, but, but with the whole, I have a legacy with this. You, you think we're the prey? We have the apex predator on our side. Like, yeah, but also is that if anything, like you guys should be more worried. Like, uh, my, you guys should be more worried. I, 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 I do the final thoughts first. Go ahead. So, my final thoughts are I'm excited to see Randy's return to turn the volume down. Still trying to find a happy medium. I just wish that WWE had kept it a mystery until Survivor Series. Like, it's time for the final in the final entry of the match. People are some people think it's ready. Some people think it's punk because Chicago. Then voices hit out of nowhere. The crowd loses their mind and Randy returns. Like the RKO out of nowhere. Yeah. What I was going to say before that is, um, don't give me my... Don't get me wrong. I am glad that Randy Orton is coming back to the WWE. And I honestly agree with Randy Orton. Kept coming back is coming back. But I am also wondering is if you're on the babyface team, can you honestly trust Randy Orton? Because you know the thing, you never trust a stink. Yeah. How do you know that? It, how do you know it might be during the match? You could just be like, maybe you know what? I like you, Cody, but you, like, you could just RKO Jey Uso. It cost you in the match. Or he could be like, you know, Seth, you kind of have something I want. RKO. Exactly. <laughs> He's like, hmm, that's that's me, a good week. Last week when we. Talked about something very similar, yeah. or maybe it was a couple weeks ago, something like that. We thought that Randy might turn on. Uh, it, it was last week. We thought Randy might cost at the world title after the war games match. Wait, wait, here's my thoughts. Here's my final thoughts. I'm glad that Randy Orton's back. But I think Randy Orton should turn heel because it would be the perfect. This is just the perfect opportunity if you're Damian Priest to cash in money in the bank. Yeah. Just hear me out real quick before I. Is that War Games match is over? Randy Orton betrays RCO's. After you we literally said this last week, my dude. All right, never mind. Moving on to topic two. Yeah, we'll be right back. Hello, everybody. We are back with topic number two. With our gripes with all elite. Yep. Because... Yeah. I I feel like I have one that we both can agree on. Yeah. 
an overinflated roster. Agreed. Now, my <coughs> my whole gripe with all elite wrestling isn't really, you know, all the blood, the violence, that shit doesn't really bother me as much, but it's just like, I feel like sometimes it's good that, you know, that they have open mics, but it's also a little bit kind of worrisome if, like, if that entire incident between CM Punk and Hangman and Page can unfold and nobody know about it, you could really create some real-life beef with another person. Yeah. That is true. Another problem that I have with all elite wrestling isn't that, you know, isn't their network, isn't, you know, is they, I feel like AEW sometimes is not very, they don't really have a lot of, what's the word I'm looking for, of Matches that you would think they use, like, like think about it. They don't like they have like sure Texas death matches and all, but they don't use they don't have like a regular last man standing match. I don't think I've ever seen a last man standing match in that company. Yeah. Okay. Another problem. I honestly don't feel like the way they, at first I thought the wins and losses mattered, but to tell you the truth, dude, I'm not even sure if they even fucking matter anymore. I forgot to start the timer before I closed out the app, so this is going to be a long episode, people, as if it wasn't already. Mm, Yeah. But that's my problem. Is like I thought the wins and like when AEW first started, I honestly thought like the wins and losses it made every single match feel important. But like four years into this shit, I don't know if the wins and losses honestly even fucking matter. Nowadays, I would say probably no, but. In the in the beginning, it was interesting, unless you saw Jade Cargill's win-loss record, and you saw a lot of W's and zero losses. Like, her is the only... Like, she only had one loss in her entire AEW career. Only, you know, two. Two. Yeah, two. She lost the title, and she lost the rematch. And her rematch was her last match in AEW. Yeah. No, my honest thoughts is, and this might be more of a hot take, but all the AEW minds just being a bunch of being a bunch of goddamn assholes. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, like, oh, this company's better than that company's. Oh, this guy's better than this, so that guy should do this. And, I mean, also, don't get me wrong, AEW has a lot of extremely talented people, but it's just, I don't really, like, when I watch AEW, they're, like, 
their storylines and like the only good shit that they have right now is the Adam Cole MJF and who is the devil shit. Okay, I will admit MJF being a babyface, believe it or not, is actually something I have a little bit of a problem with. Because first off, I don't know what happened. And second off, it's like he's such a good hero that you just want to punch your TV every time you see him. I don't recommend doing that because I am not doing that. That him actually being a good guy just feels wrong in a way. Yeah, I also think his uh, um, him being a babyface had everything to do with him. Uh, remember, because if you remember correctly, it all had everything to do with him and Adam Cole being paired together in that random tournament, tag team tournament together. I don't remember that because I focus more on food than I do wrestling when I when I have t- uh, wrestling on my TV. Uh, which is going to be six times this week. I might skip Impact. Yeah. Uh, my honest thoughts is I agree with you on the, on the MJF situation is when you are such when you are so fucking good at doing your job of getting people to hate you which is what your job is supposed to be as a villain. And when we become a baby thing, it's weird, right? Anytime they get a MJF has a baby face, it's weird. Yeah. Now, another problem I have with AEW, they're too much actually we covered last week. There are too many ex-WWE guys. Yes, if you want to see us go a little bit more in-depth than that, listen to last week's episode. Yeah, and another thought I have about all elite wrestling is um, not that they have too many shows, but it's just they have way too many goddamn championships. Yes, because, mind you, AEW also owns Ring of Honor. Yeah, just like that. This is just like a weird take that I have is, I, I've noticed that sometimes, where even though Ring of Honor is its own separate promotion, that... Even though Ring of Honor is owned that even you know, even though it's owned by AEW, it will still be a part. It doesn't really feel like its own separate company, to be honest. Yeah, in fact, uh, they even tape Ring of Honor half of it before Collision and half of it after Collision. Yeah. So a while ago, when we talked about how it would affect the filming, they just split Ring of Honor into two parts. Yeah, and my thought is another problem 
I have with all the wrestling isn't that they got too many talent is they don't really have like I'm glad they got one world championship but you would think with them having two brands that they would give like I honestly think that they could give Kareem their own world title be you know it's Friday Night Smackdown of AEW if you yeah. know what I mean yeah, yeah, and well, we got less than 10 seconds, so I guess we can just jump into the final thoughts right about now. I was going to say, if you want to finish your thoughts about what I just said, you can if you want to before we do the final thoughts. Uh, nah, we're definitely going to return to this topic later. Okay. Yeah, okay. Top, uh, final thoughts is I think AEW, my final thoughts on All Elite Wrestling, uh, the problem with All Elite Wrestling is, which will be a part two to this, I think that they got too many wrestlers, that they rely too much on ex WWE guys, and that they don't, and Sometimes with their open mics is that they can create real life beef and they don't even if they got like real life beef going on backstage, AEW doesn't do the smart shit and capitalize on that. Like with the entire CEO Punk situation. Yeah. My what do you my final thoughts are AEW is a good alternative to WWE, like I've said in the past. But with it owning, with the Khan family owning two wrestling promotions, they have an overinflated roster, and honestly, they might have too many shows. But we can't do shit about that. We'll be back with the prediction battle. And we're back with the third. And final topic for this episode, the prediction battles for Survivor Series War Games 2023. And the and as for the punishment, I was gonna save it for after this, but you know what? Screw it. The Loser has to watch Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. Anyways, the first match that we are going to predict is the men's War Games match. I'm affectionately calling Team Babyface, Tony Rose, Sammy Zayn, Jey Uso, Randy Orton, and... uh, Seth Rollins versus the Judgment Day, Andrew McIntyre. Who do you got? I'm going Team Babyface because they have Randy Orton and, like, normally people who are just returning have a, uh, like, a, a 
bunch of like adrenaline and momentum when they return for some weird reason. Even though the judgment, and keep in mind, I do have the literal advantage because the judgment day does have the literal advantage in this match. Yeah. What's next? Uh, the next match, believe it or not, is the women's war game match. Okay, who is participating in this women's? Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, um, Shotzi Blackheart, and Becky Lynch are taking on damage control. Damage control looks like, bro, which looks like, damn. Uh, I don't really know how to, uh, who do you got in this thing? Because I don't know who I got. See, like, that's the thing. Damage, you, I guess, I'm guessing you were going to say damage control is even more powerful now, and you would be right in saying that, considering Asuka is a part of their team now. Yeah. So, with that being said, I'm going damage control. I don't know, uh, Team Charlotte? I don't know. They may not have a, a team name. Alright, what's next? Alright. It's hard having to both host and document at the same time. All right, so I'll just put C in that and move on to the next one. Match number three, according to CBS Sports, is the Intercontinental Championship match Gunta versus The Miz. Should honestly... Be a this with this should honestly be a very interesting match, and it is still weird that the Miz is a babyface. Just thought I get yeah, that out of here. It's just like MJF in a way. Yeah, my like if MJF does end up going to WWE in 2024, make him a tag team with the Miz. Oh god! <laughs> oh god! Put dude. I just thought of this. I'd have a faction with him, Logan Paul, Dominic Mysterio. Oh, God. <laughs> Anyways, who who you got, man? I just realized I'm supposed to be hosting this shit, and you're <laughs> the one asking me. Crap, I forgot yeah. to censor myself when I said, you know. Uh, my thoughts is I got the ring general and also RIP to the Mrs. Chest. Yeah, like, <laughs> no cap on that, man. 
Yeah, I got the ring general. Gunza. All right, I'll move on to the next match. The the next is for the Women's World Championship. The Eradicator, Rhea Ripley, taking on Zoe Starks. This could go honestly either way, but uh, I think... Mommy, aka Rhea Ripley, is going to be on top. Why am I not surprised? It'll be a very good match. Yep. All right. So we have one more match to predict. And honestly, I am surprised the way CBS. Sports did this because it's probably the match I'm looking to forward to the least. It is Carlito versus Santos Escobar. Yes, the newly turned heel, Santos Escobar. No, and don't get me wrong, I think this match is going to be a good one. I mean, and we've, me and you, you've mentioned to me recently that there are rumors of Santos getting a new faction with Los Lotharios, which yeah. would bring something from my rise to life, which is really weird. Yeah. I I think that this is going to be a very good match, and I'm going to go with the newly turned Santos Escobar because I just thought of this. What if Los Lotharios shows up in this match and cause Carlito the match? Well, then Carlito will have some people to spit in the face of. I don't recommend doing that while there's a pandemic going on. But it's kind of his thing. Yeah. But anyway, that is all the matches that I can see on this. I will will not be surprised if there's more added on SmackDown, in which we'll probably do like an X update or something. But anyways, yeah. thank you for listening. The results will be next week. Yeah. And uh, roll that outro. Thank you for listening to Add Odds, hosted by the Unbreakable Spirit and the Executioner. Edited by the Unbreakable Spirit. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at MTS underscore life underscore zero one two six you can follow me on instagram at dan travis one two one and you can also follow me on the twitter at dan the executioner twenty one and you can follow the podcast at adults podcast we'll be back next week with more debates and discussion but until then 
the Executioner and the Unbreakable Spirit will still be at odds. Thank you, losers. <laughs>